Greetings to the PATH family. Our slogan at the PATH is meeting you where you are. We invite you to follow, share, and check us out on social media. You may connect with us at any time, anywhere. On Facebook at The PATH Church or Instagram and Twitter at Join the PATH. Without further delay, enjoy this week's sermon. So, what is the best part of New Year's for you all? There are many different reasons, many different things that people get excited about. Some of y'all may have some plans this evening to go out, and maybe you're going to a midnight service. Maybe you're going to the club a little later on and going to do a little bit too much. Maybe you're thinking about starting over. So fresh starts, and we will continue with that point. New goals. Somebody likes cold weather. Okay. I feel that. I feel that. College football. Now, I went to FSU, so I will go ahead and put it out there. That was not right. That was wrong, so I'm just going to put it out there for the record. We should have been in the playoff, but amen. So we see a lot of different things there, but we see the biggest thing is fresh starts and new goals. So I was uh, hanging out with my crew back there. Thanksgiving, and I had an opportunity to watch the Michael Jordan movie. And the Michael Jordan movie is about how Nike was able to retain his services. So before Nike got with Jordan, they only had 17% of the basketball shoe market. Nike getting Jordan was truly a second chance for them to get back in the game. This was in 1984. Now, as of 2000, they have 86% of the performance basketball market and 96% of the lifestyle basketball market. They have literally overtaken basketball because of one man. 77% of NBA players in 2020 wore either Nikes or Air Jordans. So we have one guy one guy that was able to give a whole organization redemption because of a tennis shoe. And we all love redemption stories. You know when a guy or a girl, they blow it, but they get another opportunity. You know that dude that gets locked up for 20 years because of bad evidence, and then the DNA stuff comes out, and he gets released from prison, and he gets another opportunity. We as parents, boy, we give a lot of second chances as parents. Second, third, fourth, and fifth. Sometimes I think I'm out of chances with my little two. I love y'all. <laughs> hey, you better. I'll be in trouble when I get to the house, boy. But the ultimate redemption is what Jesus did on the cross for us. It was his blood that set us up to have the greatest second chance at redemption ever. And that's the title of the message today, Second Chance. So when you get a second chance at a failure, when you've blown it, how does it make you feel? When you get a second chance, man, you just totally torpedoed an exam or you just got into a huge fight with your wife and or your husband, and, but they give, you great, they give you another opportunity, a second chance. Relieved. I know that's how I feel, boy. When I was like, whoo, please, 
I am so happy to have that on my chest. Grateful, happy, blessed. Somebody's in their dictionary exhilarated. I love it. I thought Jazz Vic was probably on this call, but... So we see all of these amazing things of how we feel when we get a second chance. And when you look at the power of a second chance, the core belief is forgiveness, redemption, and that's at the core of the human spirit because God created us. It's a belief that every individual deserves the opportunity to redeem themselves, to get a fresh start, and to be able to pursue their dreams with a renewed vigor. We are all looking for second chances as we go into 2024. Some of us are trying to get a second chance at our job. Maybe we're trying to get another promotion, trying to climb up the corporate ladder. Some of us need a second chance in our marriage. Brothers, I know I need a second chance. Y'all need a second chance this year? Boy, listen. I'm so happy my wife takes me in every night, boy. Because I'd be blowing it, Jack. But maybe we need a second chance in our finances. Maybe we need a second chance in our fitness world. You know everybody got that fitness goal. <laughs> I got one too. So hold me accountable. But some of us need a second chance in our relationship with God too. And when you look at a second opportunity to get right with God, there's a great story over in Matthew chapter 26. Turn with me over to Matthew chapter 26. God gives us a great story of redemption through the story of Peter. Now, Peter was a, you know, Jesus' kind of right-hand dude, you know, one of the apostles that Jesus chose. But Peter was a hothead. He liked to get it on, man. He did not hold back. Matthew chapter 26, which uh, set the scene for you all, is Jesus has been arrested on trumped-up charges. He's undergoing accusations and questioning. And Peter is kind of rolling around the periphery, listening to what's going on. And some people start recognizing him and start calling him out. Hey, 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 you were with Jesus, you were with the Nazarene. And this is Peter's response, Matthew chapter 26, verse 74. Then he began to call down curses, and he swore to them, I do not know the man. Immediately the rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Peter went out and wept bitterly. He was broken down in his heart. There was remorse because he knew what he had said was wrong. He was trying to work through his heart. He knew he had let down Jesus, and he didn't want to do that. He was with the dude for three years. He had his back, but at this point, he blew it. He was cut to the heart. Have you ever felt like that before, where you've blown it, you know you have just totally messed up. And yeah, you're disappointed in your decision and the action, but I believe sometimes we are more hurt and disappointed because we let down the individual. And that's what Peter was trying to work through. 
And the only thing you want is, please just give me a second chance to redeem myself. Sometimes we don't even know what to do. We blow it so bad, especially with God, we think that God is done with us. We think that God can't use us anymore. We think that it is so far gone. It is so bad that God wants to kick us out of a relationship with him. We ask ourselves, do I have time to turn this around or is it too far gone? Is the addiction too entrenched in my mind? Is the hurt too heavy? Is the disappointment too demanding for me to overcome? Is forgiveness too far gone? Maybe I push my kids so far away, they don't want anything else to do with me. Maybe my temper is too much to be toppled, or maybe my appetite for God is too apathetic. The major point I have for you this morning is failure is never final. Amen? Amen. Amen. Who in 2023 has failed by a sign of raising your hand? All right? Well, I'm here today to tell you that the story isn't over yet, right, Brother Patterson? The best is yet to come, right, Brother Paul? Well, I'll tell you what, if you want a second chance in 2024, get on your feet and you give God a shout of praise right now. Who needs a second chance in 2024? <laughs> praise God. Because he is the one who gives second chances. And that's what he did with Peter. If we flip over to John chapter 21, John chapter 21. So Jesus has been crucified. He has risen and he's been hanging with his homeboys for about six weeks. And he rose up on the guys on the lake shore, cooks them a little breakfast, might I add. And he speaks with Peter. John chapter 21, verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. It had only been six weeks ago before Peter was sitting on the campfire, disowning Jesus, turning his back on the one that he pledged his undying discipleship to. He said, Master, I will never leave you. Even though I believe Peter had seen Jesus clearly arisen, I don't think he really had personally accepted what Jesus was trying to offer him. Remember that Peter denied Jesus three times. Now, Jesus didn't bring them on the shore or find them on the shore, cook them breakfast to disown Peter. He didn't do that. He summoned him 
back to feed God's sheep. And you didn't pick up how he denied Jesus three times, but then Jesus asked him three times, and then Peter got nerve to get an attitude with Jesus. It's like, dude, you crushed me three times. Why can't I ask you to make sure, you know? So Peter was feeling a certain type of way. I'm like, come on, Peter. But that was his personality. You got to love him. He was open. So here's the thing that I have for y'all, specifically for the, this passage. Often we teach this as if, oh, Peter, he lost his faith. He ain't got no more faith. He just went back to the old fishing because that's all he knew what to do. I ask you this morning to look at it from a different perspective based off of the text. So we see that Peter is broken hearted. He's remorseful. Could it be that as Peter's working through his heart, he's actually not running from Jesus. He's actually trying to seek Jesus out because he know it wasn't right what he did. Why would he have remorse? Why would he be bitter? We always talk about Peter versus Judas and how Judas gave up, but Peter didn't. So could it be maybe he was seeking Jesus in the last place that he had confidence in his calling? He knew fishing. He heard incredible preaching and teaching the last time he was fishing with Jesus. He thought to himself, Man, the last time I was fishing, he asked me to use my boat to push out. To, we heard teaching and preaching like we never heard before. We even saw miracles. Peter was confident in fishing. He figured, well, let's go back to fishing and let's see what happens. He gave me my first chance when I was fishing. Maybe he'll give me a second chance. Now, failure is never final with God. Amen? Amen. So there's a brother that recently joined our ministry, Jared Turner, and his story is fascinating. You just got to talk to him and get to know him for like months. The guy's been in everything. But in brief, in brief, Jared was a military man. He was an army uh, sergeant, medic. So his whole career was saving and helping people. He got involved in a horrific accident where he had significant brain trauma, almost lost his shoulder. He sees double vision now. They didn't think he would be able to use his arm anymore. But he got a chance physically to be able to have somewhat of a normalcy of life. Now, Jared will admit as I talk to him, he knew God was calling him. He was just being disobedient. He just wanted to do what he wanted to do. But what Jared knew was to stay in what he was confident in, which was helping people. So after he finished his career helping people from a protection standpoint, then he started being an advocate for veterans, advocate for mental health. So he went back to helping people. And three months ago, four or five months ago, when he met the brothers here at church, 
He was like, I don't like y'all. I do not like y'all. Because he are, that's his way of him saying he loves us. But what he was articulating was, I know God had been calling me, but I didn't want to go. And he finally embraced submission and surrender. And God gave him a second chance spiritually. The brother came to speak at our men's retreat, and the next day, Sunday, he gets baptized. You can't make that up. He saw something different with the men in this church. God gave him a second chance, and you know what his heart is? I said, I said well, what's your why now? I got to continue to help people spiritually. I don't know how to do it right now, so I want to get your advice. I want to talk to Mike. I want to talk to Paul. I want to talk to Marcos. But I know my role here is to feed the sheep of Jesus. It's all about the heart. Now, some of us are still trying to figure out what it looks like to journey with Jesus at the heart level. We have not yet embraced those dirty old S words, being a servant, submission, and surrender. Ooh, don't talk about that in here this morning, boy. Man, listen. And I know you might tell me, Jackson, I got too much hurt. I got too much trauma to do all of that stuff right now. Do you think your trauma is too tremendous for Jesus to overcome? Let me tell you, Jesus is giving you the ultimate second chance right now to partner with him, to develop a relationship with him, and become a disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. He knew what was going on inside of Peter. He knows what's going on inside of us as well. Some of us have recently started following Jesus, and amen for you embracing those old dirty S words. But you kind of decided to put Jesus back in the back seat of your life. The prayer time has stopped. The Bible studying has ceased. And fellowship is non-existent. What are we going to do about that? You've increased the pace of your life so much, or maybe you never even slowed down. So I want to share two things with you that will help us work back towards our second chance. Write this one down. Write this one down. Discover our true purpose. Our true purpose. Some of us, I'm going to speak to the folks that have been around a while, and some of us have kind of turned into Sunday morning disciples where we come here in this beautiful building and we let whoever up here in this pulpit just kind of talk at us. And no other time we are engaged. We get up in the morning and we go directly to the stuff that offends us and gives us the emotional trauma. We scroll right past the Bible app and we go to TikTok and we go to IG and we go to X or whatever that Twitter Now, that can be used for good. But man, when it's engulfing your life, that's not healthy. And then to think that you're going to come here and let Angel or whoever's up here talk to you for 35 minutes, that that's going to change something. That's not discipleship. It's a part of it. 
but that's not the whole pie. When you look at our lives, we will find what we fish for. You'll find what you fish for. Peter was compelled to go back to fishing because he knew that's where Jesus called him. What was our fishing moment? What compelled you to make Jesus Lord? If you go back to whatever your epiphany was for you to follow Jesus wholeheartedly, what compelled you to do that? You know, for me, Tosh and I, we studied the scriptures out together. And for myself, it was a compelling understanding that my purpose just wasn't to be an orthopedic surgeon. My purpose was to use my orthopedics for what Jesus' purpose was. I had to understand that his purpose is my purpose. So we have to understand why are we compelled to follow Jesus? So needing direction, having purpose, there go the bad choices, difficult times. You know, I tell you what, before you do start following Jesus, you're usually in the pit. It's usually a tough spot for you. So I appreciate y'all being authentic there. And remember what your compelling reason is, because when it gets tough, this is your why. This is your why. So mature disciples, we all know Luke chapter 19, verse 10. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Amen. Amen. So when we leave the double doors here today, and before we come back next Sunday, is that our heart? Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says, everyone has to be a witness for Jesus every day. Now that can look many different ways. I love the uh, question that Mike asked, like, how are you partnering with your mission group to be able to help somebody fall in love with Jesus and become a disciple? We saw hospitality. We saw prayer. We saw fellowship. We saw studying the scriptures out. Witnessing can look many different ways. But your testimony is your testimony. Nobody knows it better than you. Don't get freaked out. They're not going to correct you on your testimony. So are we sharing our testimony with our family, our friends, and our network who are just trying to figure it out in 2024? Are we sharing our testimony with the young disciple that just put Jesus in the back seat of the car? They ain't been around in a while. And then they come back, instead of being critical... Or giving a little snide, little comment, why can't we just ask them, hey, how are you doing? Hey, make an opportunity to walk with them. Because they're young disciples. They're like babies. What do babies need? They need food. Give them scripture. They need example. Share your life with them. And shepherd them so that they can see and they have, you're able to let them see what you have seen. You know, I have to ask us on this New Year's Eve, are we feeding Jesus' sheep? Are we feeding Jesus' sheep? There are lost sheep and there are found sheep, and we got to feed them both. And we got to do it together as a team, Amen? amen? Our God is a God of patience, compassion, 
and truth. And we need to be the same with each other. Jesus will redeem us, let me tell you. He'll give us a second chance, third chance, fourth chance, fifth chance. But we all have to come to the knowledge of the truth. We all have to be able to understand that we have to repent. We've got to change our mind and our hearts towards Jesus and away from sin. And we do that through God's spirit that dwells inside of us as disciples of Jesus Christ. But we will not be perfect. We will blow it. And when we blow it, write this one down, write this one down, forgive yourself. Just forgive yourself. Some of us are journeying with Jesus, have been journeying with Jesus, starting out journeying with Jesus, and we're in a season of our life where we just don't want to surrender because we're afraid that we're going to mess up and God will be mad. Well, let me tell you, you write about one of those things, you will mess up. You will blow it. But here's the part that people don't understand. God loves you. And he sees his son's blood covering you once you become a disciple of Jesus Christ. And that happens at the waters of baptism with an understanding of discipleship. So don't be paralyzed by the tricks of the devil. Don't be paralyzed by that fear of messing up. God wants you to live free and forgiven. Amen? Amen. And that starts with forgiving ourselves. And Jordy has decided to do that today. Jordy said, I ain't going into 2024 no more. I'm getting a second chance today. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 12 says, For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sin no more. God has given us a second chance, so let's start off 2024 with redemption. Amen? Amen. Repeat after me. Second chances chances. lead to redemption. Second chances lead to redemption. Michael Jordan, the king of basketball, I don't want no arguments either. That's not the time and place for that. He gave Nike redemption in basketball. In 2024, Jesus is our redemption. Amen. One guy, Jesus, redeemed a whole people, us. Jesus is the king of second chances. He is inviting us today and always to partner with him, just like he did Peter. He's asking us, church, do you love me? If you love me, feed my sheep. Brothers and sisters, what would it look like if we all fed Jesus' sheep? i tell you what it would look like. It would look like healing and holiness. And the ultimate redemption story is what Jesus has done for us on the cross. His blood sets us up for the greatest second chance ever. Amen. Let's pray for our communion. Holy Father, thank you, God. An incredible opportunity today, God, to understand that you are the king of second chances, 
of redemption. And as we go into this new year, Father, we know, God, that you will give us that second chance that we need in whatever area of our life we need it. Father, let us partner together with each other through love and humility and unity to be able to move forward outside of these double doors to do, excuse me, to do your will. Success is simply just doing what you put on our hearts, God, nothing more. Thank you for making it simple, God. We are excited about these opportunities that we have, but let us remember our why. The love of your son, the blood of your son. In your holy son's name I pray, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. New sermons are uploaded each Monday morning. Simply search The Path Church Atlanta in iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting service. Additionally, we greatly appreciate your feedback on iTunes. If you would like to learn more about The Path, we encourage you to visit www.thepath.church. We hope to fellowship with you soon.